The first series of the 2023 season is in the books for the Pittsburgh Pirates. There are some things to like. There are some things not to like. And we'll take a look at the next week for the Pittsburgh Pirates here on the Locked On Pirates podcast brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. It is Monday, which means Gary is here. And Gary, I I know you're probably doing okay. Uh, But we're going to start today's show by just saying one thing. Um, Thursday, I had a blast, obviously, because I won the bet against Stephen Offenbaker to where I do not have to wear red stuff on this podcast. Thank God. But going through being tagged in a lot of their posts... I saw a lot of Reds fans giving up on the season already after one game. <laughs> now we sit here on Monday and the Pirates are one and two after losing the series to Cincinnati. Ethan Smith, yes, that is me speaking, is here to tell all of you, take a chill pill. As Aaron Rodgers said a couple years ago, relax. And we're going to watch some 159 more of these. Anyways, Gary, how are you today, brother? I'm good, man. It It is what it is. You don't see people predicting like 74 wins like I did, seeing it as an optimistic pick and then envision a series like this not taking place. I mean, like, they're not going to be a playoff team. So, yeah, they're not going to win all the time. And, of course, it we is were, what it is. Um, we were on the same page with the predictions for the season. I said 74 and 88. I definitely think that we're going to see, and I, I've felt this way beforehand, so now this kind of looks bad for me saying this now. So I probably should have said this before the season started because now after a two out of three loss to the Cincinnati Reds, this is going to sound like, oh, he's just saying this because of the first series. But I had the feeling that the last two years, this team was better at the beginning of the year and trickled down at the end of the year. I think this year it's going to be the reverse. Because I really think that some of these younger guys that you're going to come up and see that are going to be here at some point, which I know a lot of you want to see already. When they come up, man, it, it's going to be a whole different feeling on this ba- on, on this team. And we're going to talk about things we liked today and things that we didn't like. And we're going to start with what we liked, because obviously this is a optimistic pod- podcast and not a let's overblow everything out of proportion podcast. But they start this the season winning five to four on Thursday, and there was a lot to like in that game. Of course, O'Neill Cruz gets his first home run of the year. Jiwon Bay had a phenomenal game. You look at the final stat line, it didn't look like Mitch Keller had that great of a game, but you can make the argument that he was pitched too long on his pitch count there. As soon as he hit the century mark on pitches, it was kind of okay. Maybe he shouldn't have been out there that long, and you got a little greedy, but they win that game. And then, yes, and then yesterday's game, at the time of recording, we're recording on Sunday, but in the Saturday game, they lose that game 6-2, to two, and then today they lose 3-1. to one. Reynolds homers for his first time, which Mackey had the tweet of the year already saying he opted out of keeping the ball in play. thought that was the tweet of the year. I thought it was kind of hilarious. 
But there are things to like here. I mean, when you go through an entire series and you only give up, I mean, the most runs you gave up in a game was six. And that was mainly just because of 30 mile per hour wind in, in Great American Ballpark. The pitching seemed like it was mostly fine for the whole weekend. And the, I don't know how you feel about it, but I thought that Velasquez, Hill, and Keller did just fine as starters. And I thought the bullpen did okay as well out of, outside of some blow-up moments. I think Hill did exactly what I expect Hill to do. I mean, you know, he he's going to give up some home runs every once in a while. He's going to give up some hits. There's going to be days where you can't even understand why he's in the league. He's giving up so many hits. There's also going to be days when he just mystifies and shuts down a lineup from start to finish. Um, that's what that's what he does. That's what he's always done. Of all the pitchers and all the players they have, the track record's there. Go look. This is what Rich Hill does. Velasquez, I mean, I, I called it before the game. If he's up in the zone, he's going to get punished. If he's down in the zone, he's going to be really, really good. Why did he get tagged today? Up in the zone, up right? In the zone. Up in the zone, hanging that slider upstairs where it has no business being. That's, I mean, yeah. that's that's really all it is to it. Um, as far as like the the pitching goes, though, you get three runs total given up by your pitching staff. You should win that game if you consider yourself to be a good baseball team. That's competent pitching. That's what you want. Um, yeah, you're going to have to win some where you give up less than that. But a good baseball team should win games when a pitching staff gives you three runs. That, I mean, that, that's what you should hope for. First game, I don't know. Keller's line wasn't as bad as – his line was worse than he looked. But he also got away with a lot of really bad pitches that he probably won't get away with against a better team. So, yeah, the win didn't help. But let's just say if he was facing a competent lineup, the score would have gotten run up pretty good on him, I think. So, yeah, there's some things that have to improve. But all in all, nobody got hurt. The starters are stretched out that much further and ready to go next time around. And... I think for the most part, the bullpen held up. Yeah, and again, it it's it stings a little bit to start the season with a series loss, but come even next Monday, are we even going to really remember this series that all that whole much? Probably not, because something I talked about with the Locked On Reds guys when we did our crossover too, the the times that these teams meet, I mean, in a couple weeks they'll look relatively the same. I'm, expect i don't think too much will change there outside of injuries that i cannot predict it'll happen but when you when these two teams meet later in the year they're gonna look completely different they're gonna there's gonna be so much going on between cincinnati and pittsburgh with the young players are gonna be in and out and the veterans that are gonna be in and out and that's something that i think you also have to look at too here is this series was really predicated on some good play from the young players i mean you see connor joe today he did phenomenal for for what I would call it. I mean, he was all over the place. He was all over the field, too, and left. I mean, I thought he did perfectly fine. He shifted the first base in the bottom of the eighth inning, which I found very interesting as well, which is one of the big reasons why he's here. But as I mentioned already, O'Neill Cruz had a very good start to his season. 
Jiwon Bay had a very good first game. He struggled mightily in that second game. He was probably the happiest person on the planet to see Nick Latolo get off of that mound <laughs> after those couple at-bats that he had because he looked terrible against Nick Lodolo. But again, you get the MLB debut of Jose Hernandez, who is a guy that might end up having an elevated role in this bullpen, depending on when Harleen Garcia comes back and how that bullpen eventually works itself out, which again, as Gary mentioned, the bullpen did just fine for the most part in this series outside of Chase DeYoung, really. I mean, he was the only one that really got blew up at all, in my opinion. And the rest of them, I mean, Big Z, David Bednar, all those guys, they did perfectly fine. Now, I think you can use the same argument that some of the pitches they were throwing and some of the spots they were putting themselves in, say they do that against a Houston or St. Louis team who they'll see in two weeks, probably a different story. But as far as runs being on the board is concerned, they did fine. Offensively. They still have work to do with that runners in scoring position problem. Yes. Or runners on base even. Um, like I think they had, what, 14 guys on yesterday's ball game. And, you know, you, you come up with one run and it's a solo home run. It's not good enough. No. Now, part of the problem is Carlos Santana really hasn't looked great so far. No. Um, I mean, he is making contact. He's still... Is taking good at bats and everything. It should even out with him a little bit. Choi's barely gotten a shot. I think he's like got five at bats. So it's just too early for me to even pretend that I know what he is or anything. O'Neill Cruz's look good. Juwan Bay had a, had a really good first game, and then honestly, Ethan, these last two games, he's right back to what he was doing early in spring, pressing. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to, to stretch outside of his comfort zone. Just needs to just get back to that basic approach of just making contact. That speed will get him that Willie Mays Hayes hit. Yes. That's what he needs to focus on. Yeah. I'd love to see him drop down and do push-ups every time he pops it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think everybody on the team should all, do that after those infield flyouts they had in that second game. All in all, the offense... you got to give it a little bit of time. And if you're waiting for it to gel, Shelton's never going to allow it to. Uh, He just, he he changes the lineup all the time. That's what's going to happen. I mean, and and I'm not saying that in a defense of him. I'm saying that in a, he's here and they're not going to fire him right now. So get used to it. Yeah. Do not get used to the same batting order. Do not get used to the same batting lineup. Uh, Gary jokingly, is on pace for the tweet that he had on opening day uh, where he said there would be 150 different lineups. So far, we've had 160 or we're on pace for 162 so far. And let's include that, as mentioned, as I said earlier, that is not including all these young players that are going to eventually come up as well. But we'll get into some things, more things that we didn't like, considering that kind of trickled in there on the back end of that first segment for things we did like, but Hey, they at least didn't get swept. They had a very good shot of it. If the catcher for the reds can just feel a ball in the dirt because that's how they scored most of their runs on Thursday. But Hey, a win is a win. And if you want to win and not change your lineup every day and have a lot of fun building a dynasty, like the pirates are trying to do right now in their rebuild, 
you could always go to Ultimate Pro Baseball GM and do that. Make sure you scan that wonderful QR code beneath Gary, by the way. It's not beneath me. It's beneath him. So there you go. You got to look at, over at him for that. But Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great Major League GM. As it turns out, eh, not, it's not all that easy. I've made some bad takes on this podcast in the past couple of years. It didn't work out. And I've made some bad takes on Pro Baseball GM that didn't work out. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own franchise, go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. And you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, and more. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, on the go, as you want and when you want to. And Locked On Pirates listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code on this podcast or on the website to look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Um, yeah, I will not be changing my lineups that much in Ultimate Pro Baseball GM because the sim takes like five minutes. What's the point of me changing my lineup every single game and making it super long? Most of you guys could probably be asking that about Derek Shelton, but... There was a promising thing that I actually did forget here is that it did seem like for the first time in the Derek Shelton managerial era that he was kind of giving his starters some leniency on pitch count. It finally felt that way for once. Is It's like Mitch Keller, again, it sucked to see how his start ended with Vossler going down the line, which I want to add the locked on Reds guys especially Steven said, why is Jason Vossler on this team? And then he immediately hits a two-run double to tie the game. So, you know, all of us NL Central hosts are all like this. We just, why is this guy on this team? And then he hits like a home run. Um, <laughs> anyways, you look at how the starters did, and albeit, I mean, they went, what, four innings, five innings, five innings, I believe, was the amount of innings pitched for all three of them. Pretty four and solid. change, four and change. I mean, I'm okay with that. Uh, but on top of the not liking category, <laughs> like you said earlier, man, I mean, you got to put up runs in a game where you only give up three if you're this team. Your pitching staff yeah. is not going to do that for you that much. I mean, for one thing, Rich Hill is never really going to give you more than six. That's what he does. I'm, yeah. Again, the track record is super long. You don't have to think that I'm trying to be smarter than everybody else to tell you that Rich Hill's going to give you five, six innings. That's what he does, period. And he's going to give you two, three runs of, you know, giving up some runs. I mean, like, it's going to happen. Mitch Keller's got to do better, and he will. Um, I think it's mostly a matter of just settling in for him. I believe that'll happen. And um, it's not like him at least what he's become to get that focused on missing bats and, and get away from his core of, of trying to get weak contact with that two seamer. He almost lost that entirely in the first game. And I actually think he could, he hurt himself with the pitch count there. Mm -hmm. Vince, I don't know what he is, man. He's never stuck as a starter. No, 
You know, there's a reason he's never stuck as a starter. It's because this is what he does sometimes, man. He can come out and give you a great inning, but you don't know. But Shelton, in many ways, I think, Ethan, is stuck with this right now. He has to let the starters go because they don't have a long man. No. They just don't have anything that can make up those innings. The innings got to come from somewhere. And he knows better than to kill that bullpen early again. Yeah, I mean, the last two years we've seen this bullpen, for all intents and purposes, get off to top 10 in Major League Baseball starts in terms of ERA and some of the major statistics that you see from bullpens. But because they were being used so much, May, June, and July would come by, and that's when you would see Will Crow get beat to a pulp in an inning or Chase DeYoung get blown up in an inning and all this other stuff. So I agree with you 100%, which is where with the Vince Velasquez thing, yes, I understand a lot of listeners of this podcast, listeners of your podcast, Pirates fans in general, would rather see a – Luis Ortiz or somebody else in that spot right now. But you have to at least see what you have. I mean, you got to at least see. Can I interject something there real quick? Yes. You may want to see Luis Ortiz. You wouldn't very long. I'm telling you right no. now. You wouldn't. That it, It's very real that he has got to get a better off-speed pitch. doesn't have to be a change-up. He's got to have something to take the bat speed away from people. The fastball is insane. But if you don't have anything to change that for for batters, you will start getting roped. Yeah. And if you want him to be everything he could be, and God, he could be so special, please shut the hell up and let him learn his craft and come up here and be what you hope he can be. He's not an answer right now. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, and that's where, to the point that I was making, what that allows you to do is it allows you to get Luis Ortiz to learn something as far as what off-speed pitch does he want to use and which one can he hone his skill on and which one can he get really good with. And while Vince Velasquez is in the starting rotation, like he will be for the foreseeable future, if it works out, great. You got another starting pitcher on your roster. If it doesn't, Gary, what did you just say the Pirates bullpen doesn't have right now? A long relief option. That's at worst what Vince Velasquez can offer you at this point. And then if he doesn't work out in that spot, then he shouldn't even be on this team, period. I mean, that, that I mean that's all the answers I can give you. If he works out as a starter, he stays a starter. If he doesn't work out as a starter... There's your long re- uh, long uh, inning relief guy out of the bullpen that you can use for two or three innings and tell Vince Velasquez to just go in there and th- throw his best stuff. That's a lot fine. Of this While you're a, also... a little bit of a, a lot of this is a little bit of a tailspin from the JT Brubaker injury too, because yes. you know you have to believe Johan Oviedo was probably expected to be that long man. Mm-hmm. And you know to just kind of have to change your plans last minute there. I actually think they've done pretty well masking the issues there with the bullpen and it probably has come with what you said just allowing the starters to go that little bit extra yeah and i mean on top of that too we heard news about that on sunday that uh brew baker was sent to the 60-day il so that's going to be a problem for a while possibly i mean it depends on what the severity of that injury is and as gary mentioned last week it's an injury that he's had before, and it's not an easy injury to come back from. So it could be an issue for a while. 
and it's yeah, something I, that I, I think the Pirates are going to just have to manage with. I I still don't think they've officially said yet, but um, it's it sounds to me like it's it's probably going to be the majority of the season, and that's not great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, he's an innings eater if nothing else. Despite what you think of him, you know, a fourth or fifth starter, whatever you guys want to call him, um, the innings were his real value, and that's a lot of innings to cover. Now, if you're somebody yeah. that's prospect hugging and you need to see it, uh, the chances just increase that Mike Burrows is going to get significant time up here this year. Yeah, so a very, very real possibility that we see Johan Oviedo, Mike Burrows, and at some point maybe even Luis Ortiz all on this roster at the same time. Wait, I'm not, now when I say that, I'm talking like August. Like that's like way for way, way, way down the line this year. But the Pirates have some more baseball games to play already. Uh we're through three, 159 to go. And they will be playing the Red Sox and the White Sox this week. Also the home opener coming up on Friday. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar, the best protein bars on the planet. Uh, we know you guys all have your favorite built bar or puff, and now it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. March just passed, but they are still finishing up their March Madness bracket for the best protein bars on the planet. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivers monthly straight to your door you got to try built they're the best protein bars ever seriously they are so amazing you won't think that they're good for you and run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there at walmart sam's club online however you want to do it and you can vote every single day in march and up to today i believe today is actually the deadline to hop in and support your pick so uh speaking of picks uh, me and Gary, of course, said that we expected a two out of three series win for the Pirates here. That did not happen. Uh, I would like to point out that inside the Bucks basement game recaps at this current moment, I am the only person that has written one that was about a win. Uh, so if the Pirates <laughs> lose tonight and then win Tuesday, I think Ethan's going to have a lot more of a workload coming in his future. Uh, but we get the Red Sox to start things off. I believe the Red Sox won their game yesterday. They did. So they scored nine runs. Oh, my God. Uh, I did not look at this series that much outside of the old. Oh, you didn't see that game? Oh, yeah. Chris Sale got blown up in that game. Yeah, Chris Sale got blown up in that game. And, I mean, he gave up almost all the runs that were against them. Bottom of the ninth. Fly ball, easy fly ball to left field. Guy just dropped it. And then Duvall hit a two-run hammer to win it. Nice. Uh, well, game one should thing, have been over. One thing I can see from what the Red Sox did this weekend against Baltimore, they lose the first game on opening day. I remember hearing about that because Adley Rushman broke some opening day record. Um, but the Red Sox scored nine runs in every single game that they played this week, uh, this weekend. Yep. 10 to 9, 9 to 8, 9 to 5. So I guess your recipe for success for the Pirates is scoring more than nine runs. Uh, let's point something out here. The Pirates didn't do that t- this entire series. 
scoring eight, if I can do math. Uh, but I mean, again, you look at a series like this uh, tomorrow, it looks like, or tonight actually, it looks like it's going to be Cutter Crawford and Johan Oviedo. Uh, that means we'll get Contreras, I believe, on Tuesday and Keller on Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be Pavetta and Contreras on Tuesday and Keller and Kluber on Wednesday. So I think one thing is evident if we're talking about the Red Sox here, which, by the way, we'll have a crossover with Locked on Red Sox in the afternoon. This is coming up in the morning. Their pitching is not great. So that's the one thing that I would just say, and that's something I knew coming into this year, that their pitching is just not that great. Um, But playing at Fenway is always difficult. I'm very stuck on what I would want to pick here uh, because it is a – semi-talented team. I mean, I don't think they're going to make much noise in the AL at all, let alone their own division. They could. I just, I don't see it happening. Um, But as far as the Pirates are concerned here, one of three to start off things. And then the White Sox, I think they went, how many games are against the White Sox? Three? Three. I think they split, or I think they win the White Sox series 2-1 and lose the Red Sox series 1-2. So that's Three and three. I, I that's what I, I was going to go three and three as well. So this isn't going to be very much fun if we're going to pick the same thing every week. Well, so I almost three and three. I almost want to pick them to win two of three in Boston, coming off of a series where they lose to Cincinnati. But then, as I kept telling myself before we started, like before we started, that first series doesn't really matter. Just like no offense, this one against the Red Sox, it's still early really the first like yeah. week week and a half is always really weird because there's just so much going on and so many moving parts and you're seeing that with the pirates already how we mentioned about the jt brubaker thing jt brubaker in all honesty would have probably pitched today if he was not hurt it would not have been vince velasquez you probably would have saw vince velasquez pitch tomorrow and then Rowanzi on tuesday or something like that but brubaker probably would have pitched today on Sunday it's or, or yesterday or yesterday. I, I would also say like all the Red Sox runs. I know that's scary and everything. Baltimore can't pitch. No, I mean like that's, that's ultimately what's going to hurt Baltimore this year. Cause their offense might be one of the most scary ones in the entire league. Yeah. But they don't have the pitching. So I think uh, ultimately there's a little bit of, two sides of the coin there going on. Um, bottom line is series to series teams play differently. Yes. It's really about what you think you can get done in a certain place. I think the pirates are, are in okay position to play well in Fenway park. They have more right-handed bats than they used to. They have a few guys that can poke a ball pretty far out there and take advantage of the monster. That's what you have to do in Fenway to win. Um, and they're not loaded with left-handed pitching, so they're not going to be facing right-handed strong batting lineups. I think I think they, they should do okay there. When you get home, the Sox are good. The, the White Sox are good. And um, depending on what they get, you get Dylan Cease and Giolito, you're in trouble. And I think we only get Giolito. So. Uh, I can confirm that hopefully here. Uh, they get Giolito. Oh, God. They get Giolito on the home opener, of course. Uh, they get Clevenger on Saturday, and then they get uh, Kopech on Sunday. Oh my God! I just still yeah, see no. So it's doable. I still in this, and this is how I'll end the show today. 
McCutcheon coming back on Friday is going to be a very emotional moment for a lot of people. It's going to be a very emotional moment for everybody there. I've heard the ticket prices for that game have been pretty crazy. Uh, I've heard that the crowd for that game is expected to be pretty crazy. Even with Giolito pitching, and I know that's an uphill battle, I just see no way they lose that game. I just don't. Which tells me in every single world possible, and should tell you every world possible, that because Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked on Pirates podcast, doesn't see the Pirates losing that game, they'll probably lose like 9 to nothing. <laughs> so if you're going to uh, FanDuel this week, on Friday, just bet the White Sox money line as much as you want because of what I'm saying right now. Uh, but Gary's predicting three and three, if I got that correct. I am also predicting yep. three of three. So we were an offer this weekend, but there's 159 more of these games. So, I mean, that's the one thing I think that we could take as a takeaway here is, yeah, does it suck to lose two or three to Cincinnati? Yes, it does. Future Later in the year, that cannot happen. That's just how I feel about that. That kind of thing cannot happen later in the year once they get their foot feet under them. And to be rightfully so, I don't think it will happen once their feet are under them. But there's still a ton of time to figure stuff out. And there's going to be new questions that eventually arise about this team that me and Gary aren't even asking right now. So, Gary, what do you have going on this week over on your things? Well, uh, we got five thoughts coming out tomorrow. We're going to do the weekly Q&A on Wednesday. I get to cover the game on Friday. So, and it'll probably come out a little later because I'll actually be at the game. So, um, you know, sometime that night, a slightly inebriated me will write that game story and then, uh, we'll move on with the next week. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, obviously we'll see Gary next Monday after they play the Red Sox and the White Sox this week. Uh, next week's predictions are going to be real fun <laughs> with the week that they have after this week. <laughs> Uh, I'll let everybody yeah, go. We'll see what that. kind of mood we're in. Yeah, I mean, we'll see where that goes. Well, it depends. Hey, the Pirates win four of six. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll shock the world. Uh, anyways, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast today. Let us know in the comments what you thought you liked this weekend and what you didn't like. My name is Ethan Smith. That is Gary Morgan, and I will see you on the flip side.